how or why is it important to differentiate your business from competitors and what unique value can you provide to customers? This is really important because a lot of entrepreneurs think that when they start a business, that their business is going to be unique just because it's theirs. And the truth is it's going to be unique to them. No one's going to care about it like them. No one's going to put the time and effort money into it like they will. Alan has started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. Welcome everyone to the Business Growth Pod. I'm your host, Alan Draper. We're actually going to do things a little differently today. In most of my episodes, I have a guest that comes on. Today, I'm doing a little Q&A and going through some questions that are really important in getting your business established and putting it on the path to success. I actually, while it's a little tougher for me to have kind of these unilateral conversations, I think I'm going to start doing them a little more often so that I can touch, just get really specific and granular about some of the topics and some of the subjects that I cover. And I think it's going to be a lot of value for the demographic, for the listener. So make sure if you have further questions about the episode today, go to my website, alandraper.com, schedule a session with me. I have uh, 15-minute sessions, free sessions where we can just hash out, answer questions, anything that you're interested in, any hurdles that you're interested in overcoming. Do not be shy. I have quite a few people schedule those. So go ahead and um, you know go to my website, alandraper.com. There's a link at the top, scheduling to schedule a chat with me for 15 minutes. So we're going to knock out three questions today. The first question is... What have been some of the biggest challenges you faced while scaling your business and how have you overcome them? I have business partners. And now there are some people that start their business without partners. And I have maybe one or two where I don't have business partners. But in those, even my wife is my business partner. So in all of my businesses, I have partners. I don't really know another way to do it. I think that business partners, they complement skills so much and they create an opportunity for you to work on what you're really good at, which is key to an early business and a growing business. That being said, you know, a lot of people, they'll look at what I post on social media or they'll listen to the podcast and they'll think that every single one of my businesses has succeeded. And that's just not the case. I have not a lot, but I have a couple of businesses that have failed. I have, you know, a handful of partnerships that have failed. And while it's the vast minority of the businesses that I start and the partnerships that I become engaged with, I would think that establishing, working on, curating, developing partnerships and relationships with my partners has been one of the biggest challenges that I've faced as a business owner. And it's not 
because I don't have great partners, because I do, I have some of the best partners in the world. Without some of my partners, there's no way I'd be where I am today. And for a multitude of reasons, you know, business partners are great because there's somebody there to shoulder the emotions, to shoulder the, you know, the doubt, the concern, this, you know, the fear of owning a business and kind of sharing in, in the risk. They're great because, as I mentioned before, you can separate tasks based on skill set. If my partner, for example, I have quite a few partners that are really good at sales. So when I start a business with them, I don't have to worry about the sales at all because I know that it's going to be taken care of by them. So I can focus on something that is within my skill set and I can spend my time doing something that really helps the business scale. But a partnership is a lot like a marriage. And if you're in a partnership, it's not something where you're like, okay, we're going to start the business and then it's over. The best partnerships, they do a few things. One, partnerships, they work on their relationship with each other outside of the business. They're friends, they find hobbies, they find ways to spend time together that don't have anything to do with the stress and difficulty of starting and growing a company. And not only do they spend that time together, they have specifics about working on their relationships and they have time set aside to talk about the business and solve problems together. Another thing that they do is they make sure that they have great communication. Included in the importance of communication is delegation and expectations. They make sure that each partner is aware of what their responsibilities are and their expectations. And they also set expectations for the company so that they know what goals are. And they also get on the same page about the future of the company and the direction that it's headed. So there's a lot of great opportunity that comes from being a partner in a business you have to be willing to work on the business and you have to be you know okay with having a tough day and both of you or all three of you or however many partners you have the next morning you wake up and you start over with the same passion of day 1 all right number 2 how or why is it important to differentiate your business from competitors and what unique value can you provide to customers this is really important because a lot of entrepreneurs think that when they start a business, that their business is going to be unique just because it's theirs. And the truth is, it's going to be unique to them. No one's going to care about it like them. No one's going to put the time and effort money into it like they will. But at the end of the day, they're not special. And sometimes I say to my kids, hey, you're special to me but you're not special. And what I mean by that is, and sometimes it hurts their feelings and I have to kind of elaborate, but this is the, this is the same, this is true with a business as well. Your business is going to be special to you, but it's not just in and of itself. It's not going to be owed anything. It's not going to be handed anything. It, it doesn't deserve anything and it's not entitled to anything. And that's what I want my kids to know. I want them to know that they're very special to me. They're loved by me more than they'll be able to understand until perhaps they have children of their own. 
but they're not entitled to anything. They don't go out in the world and just stick their hand out and expect money to be placed in there. So your business is special to you, but it's not special. So what you have to do is you have to make it special. You have to do something that makes people care about your business. There's lots of ways to do this. There's a lot of um, social-based businesses that have some social cause. Tom's Shoes is a great example of this. Their shoes, in my opinion, are kind of weird. They're kind of different. They're kind of expensive for what they are, but they have this huge social cause where I think every time you buy a pair of shoes from them, they give a couple of pairs of shoes away to people in need. So that is a great way that they have differentiated themselves in the marketplace. There's also just in terms of product, if you have a product, this is a very difficult uh, approach, but you can have the very best product. Look at Nike, for example. They included with their incredible marketing and brand over the years. They just have products that are superior to competitors, but that takes years to develop. Another way that you can differentiate yourself in the marketplace is by price. I think that when you price your product or services, that it should either be towards the high end or toward the low end. You don't want to necessarily be in the middle. In today's day and age of reviews, establishing, curating, and acquiring really high reviews is another way to differentiate yourself because people are so quick to go look at the reviews of a company it's very important that you're able to distinguish yourself from competitors by having more and higher reviews than them. This is just a few examples of a pretty much endless number of ways that you can differentiate yourself. But you have to, the ultimate kind of takeaway here is that when somebody asks you, hey, what do you do? You need to be able to say exactly what it is and exactly what makes you different. And if you're not able to put your thumb on at least, you know, one, two, three things, three very specific and identifiable reasons why your company is different, you need to get to the point where you're able to do that. All right, number three question. What role has networking played in your business? How have you built relationships with other entrepreneurs, industry leaders, or mentors? You know, the question one, my answer to question one involved partnerships and how difficult they are and how that's you know been something that I've had to work with on a daily basis and overcome. But how I've been able to acquire partners has been an incredible asset in my life and has been key to me scaling businesses. As I mentioned before, my network has allowed me to have you know, opportunities to start businesses with people and to do business with people in other ways via partnerships or vendors, uh, vendor relationship. And if I didn't have those relationships before starting my businesses, then it's not likely that those partnerships or those vendor, vendee or mentor, mentee relationships would have been available. There's this weird thing about how human beings we want to be around people that we like and trust. A lot of times people think, well, in order for me to have this incredible network, I have to be the best in the world at something. 
And it's not necessarily the case because people really want to be around others who they like and trust. So then how do you create these? How do you establish your network? You put yourself in a position where you're liked and you're trusted. You can't, uh, Stephen Covey talks about this in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he talks about an emotional bank account. And if you're consistently withdrawing from the bank account, this proverbial bank account that you have with somebody else, eventually you're going to get to a point where you have a negative balance and that person is going to stop giving. And it doesn't have to be just financial. That person could stop giving in terms of time. They could stop giving in terms of advice, whatever the case is. So when you're networking, make sure that you are giving back more than you're receiving from somebody. You have these relationships where the bigger the kind of social discrepancy between you and that individual So, you know, let's say that there's an individual that, you know, for me, for example, he's 10 years older than me, business net worth much higher, businesses further along, experiences that I haven't had, maybe he's an industry that I'm not familiar with, but I'm wanting to become familiar with. The larger that gap is, the more value I have to add to earn that person's time. And And that kind of goes back to this emotional balance, this emotional bank account that we have to make continual deposits to. And this applies to just ordinary relationships also. Think about it in your marriage. If you don't continue to have emotional deposits where it's like, hey, I'm going to do this for my spouse or I'm going to do that, make sure they have time off or make sure I'm watching the kids while they can go get a massage or I'm listening to them when they're going through something. It causes severe stress in a relationship. And this is just the way relationships work. No matter what the relationship is, you have to be making deposits, emotional deposits into that emotional bank account. And the best way to network is to make sure that you're depositing more then you're withdrawing. And this is, this is especially true early on. And developing that network, you want to make sure that you're not doing it just for your own purposes. You have to make sure that the other individual feels like you're, you, you sincerely care about them and you're not just doing it for yourself. Otherwise, that's actually a, a, an emotional withdrawal and not an emotional deposit. So there we have it. I mean, networking has been huge for me. I've been able to make these relationships and I've been able to get into industries and specific businesses that I wouldn't be able to otherwise. And a lot of times it's friends of friends that have I've been able to make connections with. So my dad always used to say, be really quick to make bridges, to build bridges and be really slow to burn them. This is especially true of relationships. If you have any questions, like I said at the outset, make sure that you go to my website, alandraper.com, schedule an appointment with me, and let's chat. And yeah, keep building those businesses and keep changing your family tree. Until next time. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.